Amen. Open your Bibles again to uh, Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. I've had a massive headache all day. And laughter is like a medicine because I was doing prayer. I wasn't going to be doing things, but this is to help me. Okay, so I can at least look like I'm smiling. How's that? Okay. And Sally was driving home from one of her business trips in northern Arizona when she saw an elderly Navajo woman walking on the side of the road. As the trip was long and a quiet one, she stopped the car and asked the woman if she would like a ride. With a silent nod of thanks, the woman got into the car. Um, resuming the journey, Sally tried in vain to make a bit of small talk with the Navajo woman. The old woman just sat silently looking at everything she saw, studying every little detail until she noticed a white bag on the seat next to Sally. What's in the bag? asked the old woman. Sally looked down at the bag, smiling, and said, It's a box of chocolates. I got it for my husband. The Navajo woman was silent for another moment or two, then speaking with the quiet wisdom of an elder, she said, Good trade. This is a political statement about today in our country and the way things work. How it all works. I told my son you will marry the girl I choose. He said no. I told him she is Bill Gates' daughter. He said yes. I called Bill Gates and said I want your daughter to marry my son. Bill Gates said no. I told Bill Gates my son is the CEO of the World Bank. Bill Gates said okay. I called the president of the World Bank and asked him to make my son the CEO. He said no. I told him my son is Bill Gates' son-in-law. He said okay. <laughs> and that's exactly how politics works. It says, And thus began the practice of hiring dumb people to work in influential positions of government. To date, the practice remains unbroken. Yes. Okay. Luke 18 starting at verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in the city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterwards she said with, he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, the Son of when the Son of Man cometh, will he find faith on the earth? And we started looking at this widow last week, and I told you we have her petition. And we looked at, she was a woman, she's got a petition before God. Just, he's using the example of the judge. And the woman was destitute of power. She was weak, she was desirous of help, and she was determined to be heard. And so many times, you, you, you 
your prayers you don't think are being answered because you know what you're not? You're not destitute of your own strength. You're not necessarily desirous of God's help because you don't take it serious and you're not determined to be heard. And so we looked at that last week and we, we do it ahead and we looked at the petition. We looked at prayer as a spiritual battle. We looked at her persistence and the need of being persistent. Okay, yeah. If we looked at, I'm going to give you an example just on the street corner. Okay, if we went by the reaction of most of the people, they don't care. Some are angry and get upset, and they do rude things, and then there's a few that'll honk, and like I said, this young, one unsaved young man, he had to be around 30, and he thought it was important, and he says, I'd like to see that, where people have something enough to care about, and then he got witness to. He took the track. He wasn't sure. I think he was a little hesitant that he might be accepted here because he was a Puerto Rican background. And that's why I love the fact that when you come to Christ, you're accepted in the beloved. Amen? Okay, and so then we look at this, and you have that, that petition. You have the persistence that's needed. And then the posture, and we finished with that last week, about it's the, the posture of being in faith of what's taking place there. You know, prayer is tied to faith. It says, when the Son of Man cometh, we find faith on the earth. It's faith in God, and it's faith in God's Word. Many believers don't even claim promises that God gives us because they don't know the promises. Do you think it honors God when you claim a promise He gives in His Word? You're saying, God, I believe you. This means something to you. Father, are you going to follow through on this? He that cometh to God must believe what? That he is and is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See, so we saw the petition. We saw the, the persistence. We were looking at that posture, okay? And I want you to understand, you can't get away from it. I want you to look at Luke 11, again, Luke 11, Verse 5, and when he said unto them, this is Jesus, said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go in unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves? For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, And thee trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in the bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, and this is the key to answered prayer, ask, and it shall be what? Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. And so I want you to understand, you've got to ask, you've got to see, and you've got to knock. Don't you know the Lord knocks on the door of your heart? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, will come in unto him and sup with him and he with me. The necessity of that in our lives, and you want to, I want you to understand, the, the prerequisite, okay, so now I've given you peas, right? I've given you the petition, the persistence, the posture. The prerequisite of answered prayer is confidence that God hears. 
The Bible tells us knowledge of the holy is understanding. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the holy is understanding. Have you spent enough time in your word that you know God in his personality? Have you heard enough preaching? What is the first thing that God tells Moses when he wants Moses to know who he is on the mount? It's been preached enough. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful. Do you understand that? God's mercy extends. He says, merciful and gracious. Bible says God is easy to be entreated. He wants you to come to him. Does he need you? He needs none of us. If you think that you're too important to be replaced, get right with God. Okay? But he desires that relationship. I love it when it says I'm chosen, and I tell people this all the time, they're chosen in the beloved. God chose to love me the moment I came to Christ. He loved me as a sinner before that. Now he loves me as a saint and as a son. There's a difference in that love. Do you know that? The relationship is so much greater. A saint, one declared righteous by God, a son, one who's adopted into God's family, who can cry out, Abba, Father. We will hear the voice of our children over the voice of strangers. Context is, is he going to hear our voice in prayer? That confidence that's needed. Matthew 21, verse 22 says, And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. You can find something similar to that in Mark eleven twenty four. Okay, I want you to turn to James chapter 1. I've had people say, I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do anymore. James chapter 1, verse 5. You ever claim these promises? I have. I'll tell you, when it came time to decide that if it was God's will to go forward with this building, <laughs> I was told two things I didn't want to hear. One, that I was going to lose friends and people who were in the church when we started. They wouldn't be there when we finished. Second, that two things you don't want to do in the ministry. Start a Christian school or build a new building. I used to have lovely blonde hair and more of it. And it's not just the ravages of age, okay? And I can still remember sitting in deacons' meetings, and they're going, preacher believes that's what God would have us to do. And I would try to help them to see the vision God had given me. I can remember Howard sitting there, other ones sitting there. <laughs> okay, Ron Stanton, other ones. Some of that, you have to be careful with deacons because you get some deacons who will say, well, that's what you want. Let's go charge hell with a squirt gun. Other ones, Russ Getman was a deacon at the time, and he says, preacher, I don't see it. I don't see how it's going to be possible financially. There's no way we're going to do it. But God's leading you, so I'll support you and we'll follow this. There was an awful lot of seeking, asking, and knocking. Okay, and we watched God do miracles to make the provision for it. And it was an amazing thing. 
Well, that's something you ought to be able to see in anybody's life. How many of you have continued to pray for somebody for years to finally get, see them get saved? I got saved April 10th, 1977. I was praying for my sister Libby to be saved. She got saved a year ago, Christmas time. You know how many years that is? You know what I know? God is not willing that any should perish and that all should come to repentance. So he wants to see her saved too. So you know what I'm going to continue to do to pray? I've got a brother who doesn't know Christ the Savior. How many times do we stop? Okay. A prerequisite to answered prayer is to continue to show God that it means something to you. Learn the parable of the unjust judge. Now, when we read that text, you understand it's telling you that he says, though I have... I do not fear God or man. This woman's wearing me out, so I'm going to answer it. And he says, how much more would God, who loves you, who desires a relationship with you, want to answer your prayer? Okay? James chapter 1. I was there and I turned away from it. James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lack what? Let him ask of God that giveth to all men how? Liberally. And then yells at him for it. No, it says upbraideth not. He doesn't put you down or make accusation because you're coming before him. And it shall be given him, but let him ask how. In faith, nothing what? For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. How many of you, when you ask God and you're praying for God to do something, at the same time you're doing that, you're already setting up plan B? Is that faith unwavering? I want you to think of that. I want you to understand. There's things involved with that, that attitude of, of faith, that prerequisite that's needed. 1 Timothy 2.8, And I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. You know what that is? That's a continual coming. Okay? You pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath. When it doesn't happen, how many people get mad at God? If I had a dime for every time I've had someone that tried to minister to say, well, I prayer. Building would be paid off. So you're mad at God because it didn't happen in your timetable. You know, there's people sitting in this building who are here because I didn't deal with them in the manner that someone else wanted me to. God tells us we're to be what? Swift to hear slow to speak, and slow to wrath. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wait, I say, on the Lord. You know, the consistency in your prayer request. In our text there, okay, 
Yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? Charity suffereth, and is kind. Okay? Charity suffereth long. It tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, God's timetable will drive you nuts, won't it? Won't it? Because you try to make your timetable his timetable. That just doesn't work. you got to understand. So what do we do? So many people stop. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. When you don't know what to do, there's one who does. So you know what you do? You continue doing what God has already shown you to do until he shows you he wants you to do something different. Amen? Go to Romans chapter 12. Prerequisites to answered prayer. Romans 12. Nah, everyone, we spend a lot of time, you know, with Romans 12, 1 and 2, but jump down to Romans 10. You ready? Do you know some of the prerequisites of answered prayer is a right heart attitude? Of humility. You know, you can come boldly under the throne of God that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need, but you better humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. You can come boldly because of who God is, but you better come humbly and of yourself. Okay? Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. I got to note my Bible, it's not the message. This is key to a successful relationship, preferring one another. Be not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. What's that next thing say? Continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints given to hospitality. Bless them that persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense no man evil for evil. Provide all things honest in the sight of all men. And if it be possible, as much as lieth where? Live peacefully with all men. That verse 11, continuing, instant in prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, if I ask Howard Bacon what that verse says, he's going to tell you, pray with out ceasing. Okay? Pray without ceasing. Does that mean the only thing words come out of your mouth? No, it means to be instant in prayer. Can you come to God at any moment? That's what it's talking about. You know, sometimes God waits to see how consistent you are. How many of you, if you're a good parent, have waited to see, you know, the little kid throws their hissy fit, I got to have it, I want it, no matter what, I don't get my way. And 10 seconds later, they don't even think about it. So you don't always give them just what they're asking for, do you? 
No, you give them what they need, and sometimes that is a timeout. I won't go there. Okay? Sometimes, you know, that's what God has to do with us. Before he can answer the prayer, he's got to give us a spiritual timeout. Huh? Sometimes God waits to see how consistent and how serious you are about what you're asking before him. And sometimes it costs you so much for you to finally take things in a serious manner. I love one message by Sam Gipp called The Law of Second Blessing. The Law of Second Blessing. See, because God wants to bless you, and it doesn't stop with the first blessing or the second blessing or the third blessing or the fourth blessing. But the law of second blessing is when you don't get it right the first time, when you don't understand knowledge of the holy is understanding. You don't understand how God works. You don't understand how to approach him. You don't understand the necessity of you trusting him with it. The law of second blessing is it always takes more the second time God blesses than it did the first time. And there's always less left over. Feeding of the 5,000, 12 baskets full, with what? Five loaves in. Feeding of the 4,000 plus women and children, seven loaves and a few fishes and only seven baskets taken up. They didn't learn who Jesus was the first time and that the provision is there. So they doubted him. They doubted him. You shouldn't doubt when you pray to God. Okay? So and that brings us to the last point tonight. And you know what that is? It goes the petition, the persistence, the posture, the prerequisite, and the promise. The promise. That's a commitment to God's answer. Matthew 26. It's your turn there. I'm going to give you Matthew 18, verses 7 and 8 again. The promise. What's the promise? And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto them, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Matthew 26. Let me see here. Matthew 26, verse 36. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then he saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch. How? And he went a little farther and fell on his face. See, because he had the disciples with him, then he took... Peter, James, and John, the sons of Zebedee, farther with him, his inner circle. And then he steps away from them a little farther. And he went a little farther and fell on his face, praying, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep, and saith unto unto Peter, What could ye not... Watch with me one hour. Watch and pray. That ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup not pass away from me, except I drink it, 
Thy will be done. The, the son humbly requesting before the father. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the same time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples, saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Arise, let us be going. Behold, he that is at hand doth betray me. You know what sometimes people do? They settle. They settle. You ever notice it's harder to fall asleep praying when you're on your knees than it is when you're laying down? Hmm? It's harder to fall asleep, you know, walking and praying than it is sitting and praying. He'd ask them to watch and pray. Do people compromise? They get tired. You get Prayer is harder than reading your Bible. It is the hardest part of the spiritual battle that you will deal with. Praying is harder than witnessing. Do you understand that? Praying is harder than memorizing your scriptures. Think about it. How much you fight to try to find time to pray compared to memorizing a verse. So we compromise. And you know what happened? People quit. They quit. They quit praying. They don't believe God wants to listen to them. Turn to Mark chapter 9. We just had a prayer request given to us by our youth pastor. I'm going to ask him, what night do you want me to do it or what day do you want it from me? And I need to know that other people will do it because if he needs it more than one day during that week, I'll do it more than one day. But I'd like to think we'll have enough people volunteer. Amen? Amen? Okay. Mark chapter 9, verse 14. And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were gently, greatly amazed and running to him, greatly amazed and running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, What question ye with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. Wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him. And he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered him and saith, O faithless generation, O what? Faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, he straightway the spirit tear him. And he fell on, the, fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. And oft times it had cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But thou can, if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us, on us and help us. Jesus saith unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said, With tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. When Jesus saw the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more unto him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. 
and he was as one dead, insomuch as many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? And he said, Because you're not the Son of God. Is that what he said? He said unto them, This king can come out forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. You know what fasting is? It's not a magic bullet. It's humbling yourself enough before God that you're telling him that the thing you're requesting of him and praying to him and petitioning him for is more important than your physical sustenance. That's what it is. You know, I've got books on fasting, you know, and then turning around. If people turn around, you know what, when you're fasting, other people probably shouldn't know you're doing it. According to God's word, right? Because then you're drawing emphasis on you and not on emphasis before God. Because man looketh on the, but the Lord looketh upon the heart. This is about prayer. It's men are always to pray and faint not. Number two, okay? Why should God take it serious if you don't? Do you understand it's in his nature he wants to answer your prayers? He'll answer them the way that is always good and always right. You won't always understand. Lord, I believe, help thou my... And all God's people said, good night and God bless.